What are they thinking? Why would they do something like that? Wouldn't it be nice to know what's on the inside of someone's head and just understand why they do the things that drive you crazy? You're in luck. Welcome to my series on how to get along with people based on each Enneagram type, my favorite personality test that is so incredibly spot on, it's going to blow your mind. I share with you literally how to get along with each type and even interview someone from each type so you can get the tea straight from the source. Welcome to Create Your Fate. If you have been coasting through life but are ready to make small conscious changes to step out of fear and into living your best life ever, this show is for you. Who am I? I'm Life Coach Meg Ellis, here to help retrain old self-limiting beliefs into a positive mindset so you can confidently become the person who you want to be by first understanding who you already are. How? by using the law of attraction in my favorite personality test, the Enneagram. And I'll even teach you some mind tricks along the way. Ultimately, I guide you to stop thinking about what you don't want and instead focus on what you do want. You can create your best life ever and it begins with your mind. Are you ready? It's time to create your fate. All right, let's get into the mind of an Enneagram 6 so we can understand what's going on in there. Honestly, I decided to do this series because I kept finding myself in conversations with people who were trying to understand their loved ones, and I would give advice based on their Enneagram. And it seemed to really help. So I figured, hey, what better way to help everybody be able to do this than to dedicate a podcast series to it. If you are new to the Enneagram, check out mini episode 127 to learn all about the basics of Enneagram 6s who is also known as the loyalist. The core desire of a six is to find security and support. And their core fear is being unable to survive on their own. I'm going to be sharing some additional information on how to get along with Enneagram sixes that comes from one of my go-to sources, ninetypes.com. And then we'll hop right into my interview with a loyalist. Okay, sixes. Loyalists are responsible, trustworthy, and value loyalty and family. They value friends, groups, causes, and their personalities range broadly from reserved and timid to outspoken and confrontational. How to get along with me in Enneagram 6. Be direct and clear. Listen to me carefully. Don't judge me for my anxiety. Work things through with me. Reassure me that everything is okay between us. Laugh and make jokes with me. Gently push me towards new experiences. Try not to overreact to my overreacting. What I like about being a six, being committed and faithful to family and friends, being responsible and hardworking, being compassionate towards others, having intellect and wit, being a nonconformist, confronting danger bravely, being direct and assertive. What's hard about being a six? The constant push and pull involved in trying to make up my mind procrastinating because of the fear of failure and having little confidence in myself, fearing being abandoned or taken advantage of, exhausting myself by worrying and scanning for danger, wishing I had a rule book at work so I could just do everything right, being too critical of myself when I haven't lived up to my expectations. All right, let's interview Enneagram 6, my friend Israel, and get all up in the mind of a loyalist. So let's go. Today, my friend Israel joins me on the show to share 
What goes on in the mind of an Enneagram 6? Israel is an entrepreneur and owns his own company, Man Buns, a shop specializing in men's fundies and socks. He is passionate about spin, berries, and being a good friend. Ready to dive into the mind of a loyalist? Check it out. Hello, Israel. Thank you so much for being on my podcast today. Thank you for having me here. When I decided to do this series, I thought, who should be my Enneagram 6? And there was nobody else than you. So thank you for being here. (laughs) I'm super excited. Honestly, it's funny. I feel like all the Enneagram stereotypes of me of a 6 is like just solely spot on. So... (laughs) I know. It's so accurate, right? It's weird. It changed my life. And I'm telling you, every time I talk to somebody about it and they deep dive into it, it's like, oh my God, whoa. My new thing also is every time I meet someone like no tea, no shade to anyone else, but like who's into like horoscopes. I've done this a few times at bars already where they're like, want to go down this, oh, I'm such like a Sagittarius. And they start talking about it. And like, usually by this time, I've already had one or two drinks in me. And I'm like, that's so crap. I don't even know what you're talking about. But I was like, have you heard of this, though? This is more legit. <laughs> right. Thank you for spreading awareness. Because <laughs> I remember when I first met you, literally, I remember walking in the door and you were like, hey, how about you take this hour text right now? <laughs> I was like, OK, like, I know nobody. And I was like, cool. This can give me like 45 minutes to something to do. And I remember, too, I had texted Jose because I knew none of y'all. And I didn't want to like just barge into y'all's house as if like I had knew everyone in the room. I remember texting him. So I was like kind of anxious. I was like, hey, can you like come grab me outside, walk me in? So yeah. So this is like the perfect segue into an Enneagram six because high anxiety is a big trait. And we'll talk about that. And six is love. And I always mess up this word familiarity. So talk to me about even walking into that new experience. You grasp onto Jose, a familiar face, right? He was the friend that introduced you into the the rest of the group. So how does that give you comfort being familiar with things, walking into a new environment? It's crazy because I I feel like I balance this line of being a go-getter and also kind of risk-taking because I have to be like being a business owner. I can't just be 100% scared to not take a risk. But at the same time, I'm like, clinging on to what I know, like, because my day to day life is very structured. I wake up, go to work, pick up Starbucks or like make myself the same coffee, do my same nine to five. And then depending on the day, like on Mondays, I love to go to like Barry, spin, talk to my best friend on the phone. It's all so structured. So the moment that I get something that's outside of that, I'm like, oh my God, I have to like figure out how to make whatever work or rearrange it that way I'm not losing part of my self because it's also my life is so structured that I'm like okay I can't mix things around so but even like in this scenario with like when Jose brought me into this friend group I was kind of like fading out of a different friend group for the most part and me and him just connected like so much when hang out all the time so when he first brought me into that the thought of just walking into this scenario of like I don't know six to ten people I'm not sure who was all there that day but just like walking into a good group of friends. And I do this like at any given point. I'm just going to like hold on to this person right now <laughs> until I start getting a little bit more comfortable. So it was kind of nice that you threw that test at me because I was like, all right, this gives me a chance to like breathe and just soak in the environment and trying to get to know you guys. Because I had only really met y'all like maybe one or two times in passing. So Right. So I guess from an external point of view, because this podcast series is all about how to get along with an Enneagram 6. Somebody could look at that behavior and be like, oh, you're shy or you're being clingy. 
or you're not outgoing and you're extremely outgoing, right? Once you get comfortable in an environment. So how, how can people help an Enneagram 6 in that situation get more comfortable and be catering to inviting an Enneagram 6 into a new environment with new people? So I'm also one who I will not initiate a conversation. Like I could go to like a happy hour or like some type of networking event. I will not be the loudest person in the room, but I'm definitely one of those people. Like if you come up to me, you initiate the conversation, I'll start to fill you out. And then that's when I can't shut up after that. (laughs) (laughs) When it comes to the anxiety of that conversation, somebody comes up to you. What is it? What's the, the kind of change point with, oh, now I'm comfortable. Now I can kind of be myself and and open up. Yeah, I think for me, it's like finding that similar trait that the other person has. I feel like they have to feel comfort and they can't be overbearing. Mm -hmm. So I think if someone comes in like a little too strong, then it keeps me a little bit more guarded and a little bit pushed back. I definitely like pay attention to details. And like, we could have this conversation and I'll remember like one thing and then I'm like, oh my God, this person's like this. And then I'll somehow loop it back into a conversation or even a future conversation. So I think it's things like that where if someone comes in like a little too strong or aggressive, I'm already like problem solving. I'm like, okay, they seem like a little too much or probably like not my cup of tea. I'm going to probably keep them like arm's length. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because your mind, because sixes are great troubleshooters, which means they overthink a lot and we'll get to that. But you're already thinking about what is this relationship going to look like in the future? Meaning five minutes in the future if I'm stuck talking to this person or five (laughs) years if I somehow get roped into a friendship. Yeah. And like, as even uh, in a work setting, I said this maybe like two weeks ago, I was talking about an old coworker that I used to have and he was in a managerial spot. We were kind of like similar, but he would just make decisions and just kind of like was so rash about it. And he never thought of how that would trickle back down. And then meanwhile, I was like, I wish that he would think like, okay, if there's three different scenarios, if you say to do this way, it's going to like play out this way and it's going to affect X, Y, Z and other people are going to have to deal with that consequence. Or if you do this, then it's going to go this way. But understanding that like whatever decision that you make, you need to know what the end outcome is and who's affected by those outcomes. And I feel like I think like that in a work setting where I'm like, all right, I'm cautious of like, what I say and do, because I know it's going to affect like either this side or this side. This is the perfect way to transition into the overthinking quality or trait that is typical of of Enneagram sixes. And you're in something called the head triad, which is basically how you process everything. Um, But you're in the thinking triad, which I often refer to as the overthinking triad. So talk to me about overthinking. How has that affected your life? Let me just say that I will probably overthink this at three in the morning tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's a lot of overthinking of, you know, the way you described even just the work scenario of, because a lot of people, especially in leadership or managerial positions or business owners are got it, get it good. Let's figure it out later. And we'll come, we'll cross that bridge when you come to it. Right. And that. I can see the anxiety in your face when I say that. It's like, wait, what? You know, and where that's a very linear way of thinking where it's like, okay, one plus one equals two plus one equals three plus one equals four. But the way you described it is, okay, we're not just going with plan A and then coming to plan B whenever plan A doesn't work. It's like, no, I got to figure out plan A, how it works for everybody, figure out a plan B for everybody. And the more people that are involved the 
more backup plans that you have to have in your mind. So you have a backup plan to a backup plan to a backup plan to a backup plan for everybody involved in the situation that is living rent-free in your brain. (laughs) So what does that feel like walking around trying to make decisions? Sometimes it's overwhelming because I feel like personally, I just soak everything in and then try in my mind, just like ping pong, going back and forth. I'm like, okay, which way do I think is the best case scenario? And then on top of that, I'm like, okay, which one is like the absolute worst case scenario? Mm -hmm. Because I was like, I'm going to try to avoid this way if I can. But I think sometimes like when I think the worst case scenario might be the better option, I think that's when I like start getting a little bit more anxious. And I feel like that's where like even being an entrepreneur that I have to take that risk to go and do that. So Mm -hmm. It feels like like the good angel and the bad angel sometimes. And they're both like both voices are just so loud. And you're just having to pick like which side do you think is going to make me be more at peace with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, talk to me about decision making then. Because overthinking, especially if you're not just weighing this versus that, it's this is versus that and all the backup plans for everybody involved. Because sixes get this reputation for being indecisive. So you know, talk to me about how you actually come to make a decision and what is the process like to, okay, we're going to go with this. Yeah. It's a lot of reassurance, (laughs) like a ton of that. So even like right now, for example, I'm coming out with two new underwear designs for my brand. And one of them, I'm like, so dead set locked in. I'm like, this is what I'm doing. And then there's another one that I've been like, going back and forth on. So like even this morning, maybe like an hour ago before hopping on this, I have my college friends and we're all in a group text and I decided to reach out to them. I was like, hey guys, I have this, like I have three ideas. What do you think? Or like, what type of thing do you like? And even though I already had something in mind, so I kind of gave them like rough ideas of like what I was thinking. They gave me their input, which I was like, sometimes it's like not my favorite because then I start getting too many ideas or too many people's like, they're like, oh, this is what needs to be done. And then that can like annoy me and kind of put me off a little bit. But for me, at the end of the day, even when I came, I did a swim brief, you know, a few months ago. And I remember I had like maybe six different ideas. And I was just would like toy off with a bunch of people that I knew that probably would buy it. And they all had opinions. And at the end of the day, I just had to do what I thought was the best decision and like probably represented my brand and myself. Mm-hmm. It takes a while to get to, to that. <laughs> so technically, I guess, you know, with people getting, you know, how to get along with you, I could see people getting irritated, like, oh, you always ask for my opinion, but then you never take it. Yeah. You know, have you experienced that in life? What is your reaction from people when they're like, well, what the heck? You always ask me questions, but then you never take my advice. Yeah. Or- okay. Well, funny enough, actually, my best friend is a six also. He does this to me all the time where he'll call me, hey, what do you think of this outfit? I was like, oh, you know, I don't like the shirt. You should wear this one. And I'll give him a suggestion, like, do this. He's like, okay, um, can you hang on real tight? And then next thing I know, he's like calling like his girlfriend from from high school. And then he's got like six people's advices. And then he never goes with the one that I tell him to. Yeah, how's it feel? You're like, I have tasted my own medicine and it is bitter. (laughs) I don't like it. So is it best maybe for someone to, I mean, obviously you want to open yourself up to advice if if you really would benefit from some life advice, right? Hey, give me your opinion. Is this a positive thing for my life or a negative thing for my life? But when it comes to maybe less important decisions, would it be helpful for someone to be like, 
if you're like, hey, out of these six designs, right? So here you are as an overthinker. I've got six swim brief designs. I'm going to ask six different people. So I could essentially get six different answers and I'm going to end up at square one. Really, is it going to be best to be like, well, which one do you like, Israel? And then maybe narrow it down from, would that be helpful? Yeah, I try to at the beginning. I'll come up with, let's just say the six, right? And then I'm like floating with these ideas and I'm thinking like pros, cons. I'm trying to like mentally see it. And then usually by the time if I decide to move forward with, let's say I'm like, okay, let me see them as samples because I don't, that'll make all the difference seeing how it's like actually made. And like the moment I see the sample, I'll usually like eliminate one or two. By that point, I'm like, uh, it doesn't look as cool as it did like in my mind or so these two are gone. And usually I'm down to like, two to three by that point. So then that's when I start reaching out to other people because I'm like, "Mm, let me just kind of A-B test them and see which ones they're more leaning towards. And then I'll kind of just assess from there. Yeah. So let's just say, I'm just gonna use the the colors like um, black, red, and green. You love the red and you ask three people and they all like the green. What would you do? Especially in this scenario, I have to take my brand into consideration because my whole Mm -hmm. thing is find your fun. Yeah. So I probably would had been least likely unless I got an overwhelmingly where everyone's like, oh, do black. I'd be like, oh, okay. Like it had to be like maybe 15 people tell me that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. do black. And I probably would have done like a little Instagram close friends poll <laughs> at this point. <laughs> so really, is it a, it's not a really a, which one do you like, but it's a convince me why my first gut pick is a bad idea or like a good idea. Like reassure me. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the reassurance part of it. So I'm asking you for your opinion, which is really just reassurance because I consider you for a really important person in my life. And where does that loyalty come into with decision making? Because I'm assuming you're only asking people who you feel extremely loyal to. I feel like, like kind of how I said earlier, where once I feel comfortable with you, I feel like I have a really big heart and I the moment that I decide that you are a trustworthy person or I, that I connect with you, I feel like I'm all in. I remember one of our friends going through stuff and they were at our spin studio. They were going to have this benefit ride. And it just so happens that our friend has the same name as somebody else, but they're like, hey guys, we're going to have this like charity ride benefiting this person. And I was so hurt by that, that I was finding out through all like my spin peers. So I'm like, okay, that's, so weird to me that my like really good friend has not reached out to me to tell me about this like charity right like why would he not because we hang out outside of this studio we talk outside of the studio i've known you before this studio so like i remember my feelings were so hurt that day i remember i came home i was so upset that i basically had to find out through other non-relevant people to the story meanwhile i didn't know that this other person who was actually hosting the event was part of some organization and was trying to raise money for it for the same type of situation. Yeah, it was a happenstance that they had the same name. Man, I was like, I felt so hurt by that. because I was like, I'm sorry, I'm like so loyal to you. And like, I felt like that was such a distrust to me. So it's for like three business hours, I was just like, <laughs> so upset. I was like, mental note, cannot trust him. And then yeah. after I found out that like, <laughs> it wasn't him. I was like, so sorry for the things I thought about you in my head. <laughs> <laughs> right. So let's talk about that. So you're overthinking mind, right? So let's add in the overthinking on top of the loyalty. It's like, where did your mind go? Like, were you just like not even friends anymore? Were you like, oh my God, what did I do? Or 
where did I mess up? Why is he mad at me? So my first reaction was, we're not as close as I thought we were. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to take a step back. So how do you get over that? Because here's what happens. Feelings, right? Because the feelings are real. The scenario actually is not, right? Which you found out later. But the feelings are real. And they actually stay like stored in your central nervous system, especially if it happens repeatedly. So how do you then get rid of the feelings? And okay, when I imagine if the, all the hurt is there the moment you realize, oh, this actually is the case, right? It's for somebody else. And you do realize that and there's a bunch of relief there. But do you ever find that those feelings linger? And it's like, oh, well, that wasn't real. But, you know, the hurt's still there. Yeah, sometimes. I think it depends on the scenario. Because in this scenario, I think where I was thinking, okay, we're not that cool, you know, whatever else. I think when I found out that that wasn't the case, I was like, I can breathe. But I've also felt like I've had a similar situation with someone else one time that where I found out things about a close friend through somebody else because that someone else told them about that. And then I remember like in that moment, I was like, no, you're wrong. Like telling that person I was with my whole chest telling that person that, that they were a liar. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, there's no way that this person would not have told me, not told me this or whatever, whatever the story was. And then afterwards, I remember I was casually talking to this friend and I was like, so-and-so said this, la, la, la. And like, but don't worry, I stood up for you. And then it was like two hours later, they were like, well, also, I was like, oh, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> You're so loyal, loyal to a fault. Yeah, I was my whole chest was like telling that person <laughs> that they were a liar. And like, then I was like, A, B, C, D, E, why they're a liar, like to their face. And so bad. In that scenario, that hurt stayed a little bit longer than the the other story because in that scenario i felt very dang like why wouldn't you like open up and tell me that you know we talk so much or we're close and then i was like i hate that i had to find out through somebody else because of like how high that i keep you in my life so i felt like after that like i felt like i brought that person down a peg i was like okay well it's like i'm gonna not share these type of things with you anymore because you're not sharing these type of things with me anymore Mm mm-hmm so let's get into that because that's a really interesting point because you're, the Enneagram 6 is in something called the harmonic group, which is basically how you respond to conflict or difficulty. You're in the reactive group where <laughs> you have very strong reactions and you also want strong reactions from others. Yeah. So when I say that, what pops into your mind? We'll dive a little deeper into it. So I will make a rash decision or an action and it's probably not warranted. <laughs> I think it's basically just me reacting off the cusp and maybe in an extreme type of way. And then I think when something happens to me, it feels more rewarding when someone gives me like a, a warm like reaction to something that I'm, that I'm presenting to everyone. Just recently, we both won that Outsmart Gain Greatest Awards. So I'm kind of like expecting that reaction, like, oh my God, congratulations, and a hug and a whole, like the whole thing. Yeah. And then when I don't get it from someone, I'm like, oh, okay, why didn't you text me on the side or something like that? That's weird. Right. I remember we talked about just, you know, just close relationships that you have because you are so loyal and you care so much. You do so much for others. You kind of set that as the bar, like, oh, this is a way to show love right? This is how I show you that I'm trustworthy and that we have rapport and that we are very, share 
equal thoughts about each being important in each other's lives. So that's kind of the bar that you set. So when you don't get that in return, it's like, oh, wait, it's not that you don't love me. It's just that you react differently to me. And and if I understand that, then I'm I'm just going to say, oh, that's how you do things, not you don't love me. Yeah. So I was once in a relationship and they had told me that I don't show enough emotion. I feel like now I just throw out like my love, my anger, my anxiety, like all of it. It's just all there. I feel like I do not wear a poker face well at all. Yeah. So it's like if you do something that I find triggering, you'll see it on my face like immediately, exactly what I'm thinking. (laughs) And then I'm thinking about you knowing that I'm like, oh God, they know. What type of people do you find, are there characteristics or traits that you find really important in a relationship in your life? Like I always or typically tend to gravitate to people who are what? Loyal? Definitely loyal. That's like probably number one on my list is like, I have to make sure that I find you trustworthy, that I think that you have good intentions. Because the moment I think that you don't have good intentions, I like cut them out of my life, like immediately. What other qualities do you like in people? I like for somebody to push me, someone who's a little bit more outgoing, who can push me out of that comfort zone. Because like I said earlier, it's like, I'm so used to a structured thing. I also love people who are like-minded like that as well. I admire that trait about them Mm -hmm. to push me out of doing something different that I probably normally wouldn't do. I want to know how knowing your Enneagram has helped you with your relationship with yourself, with other people, just helps you navigate life. It's just understanding if I'm anxious about something is taking it out in a healthy way, whether it's like me working out or I love doing karaoke, letting that emotion out in that type of way. Like, I think those are really healthy ways of going about it. And then I think it helps my friendships too, because I think that I allow myself to make sure that I fully let the other person know that I'm like so loyal or that I love them or whatever type of degree to where it's like not questionable. Talk to me about any Enneagram stereotypes that you find to be inaccurate, hurtful, or overly exaggerated. Okay, I will say that even though I just spent the last whatever amount of minutes talking about what might be a negative, you know, just being like anxious overthinking, but I feel like we're like, there's a pro to this also, because I feel like in a work scenario, you'd probably want a six like on your like project team, because I think that where we're analyzing all the risk, like, especially like me in the moment, if I'm in a work scenario and I'm listening to everything, I will not speak up in that moment. I want to get all the information. And then when we get back to it, when someone starts like, oh, we should do this. I'm like, well, if we do this, then like, you know, this, this, this. So if we go that way, then so I feel like in a work scenario, that could be a pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sixes are known to be great troubleshooters. So it's not necessarily shooting ideas down. It's just saying, have you considered all of these things? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> You're like, I thought of like 10 things while we've been talking. Like, <laughs> okay. This is all great, <laughs> but here's idea. 10 reasons why it's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. and But I feel like we're so attentive to detail that sometimes people might miss something. You're like, oh, this, like you said this, and like this could go this way because this. So right. I think You're- like in a project thing that could help. Yeah. It's not you're you're trying to shoot things down. It's you trying to present all of the options as to just in case, have you considered all of this stuff? Because if you haven't, then this could potentially happen. This could potentially happen. This could potentially happen. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's that fine line there, of course. So let's talk about how to get along with me. And you said, reassure me that everything is okay between us. Yes. Thousand percent. Because I feel like if I get a weird vibe, because I feel like I just, I run off of a vibe for the most part with people. 
So the moment that I start to get something's off, I'm like, oh my God. And then I'm like starting to replay the conversations or the hangouts that I've had with somebody. So if I'm starting to feel off, sometimes I'll just throw it out there. I'm like, hey, are we good? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I'm going to take your word for it. Yeah. And then if it starts getting, I'm like, are you sure that we're good? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay. Then I'm fine for the most part. But I think that's the way to keep me happy is where I'm like, oh my God, I'm like your ride or die. Like all my friends ride or die. So I think if you tell me that we're all right, like if I'm starting to feel weird, then that's when I'm like, okay. then Because I won't think it, wake up and just like, oh my God, Meg's mad at me. Mm-hmm. It has to be just like, I'm running off of like a, mm, that was kind of weird. And like, and then I'll start like accumulating the weird things. And I'm like, okay, uh, then I'll just flat out ask. And then if not, then I'm like, okay, then, then we're good. Right. Okay. And that makes sense because if you are such a troubleshooter and you think about, okay, all these things that could have gone wrong on the other side of that, it's like, what did I miss? Right. And it's like, oh, what did I miss? So tell me that we're okay. And probably the other person is most of the time unsuspecting and has no idea. So have patience with that um, would be a great tip for people to get along with the six. And then what you like about being a six goes back to that loyalty you said, being committed and faithful to family and friends. So why is why is loyalty so important to you? You know, I just felt like I always grew up and my parents always told me like, family first. I felt like I was always given this love and my parents growing up spoiled me with love. Essentially, I grew up in this Disney Channel type home (laughs) where this picture perfect scenario. And I feel like my way of like showing people that I care is almost giving that back to other people. So and like that's satisfying to me to shower my friends with like love and support. That makes me feel better. Not to toot my own home, but I feel like I'm such a great gift giver because I pay attention to details. Yeah. I will run with like one thing that you told me. Okay, what would be really cool, but like kind of unique, something that I know that they would enjoy. Mm-hmm. In reverse scenario, when somebody takes one little detail that you said and gives you a very thoughtful gift, then that's very meaningful to you, I assume. Thousand percent. Because I'm like, oh my God, they're listening to me. That feeling feels reciprocated, even though I don't, necessarily need that from somebody else it still feels great when i'm just like oh my god they paid attention to detail like i love that like that made me feel happy any advice actually you would want to give to a fellow six it's okay for you to think that it's not okay you're going to come to whatever answer decision that you think best fits you and your decision that you're trying to make or whatever you're trying to do but at the end of the day like it's not that deep whatever it is it's probably not that deep Mm -hmm. so just keep it pushing Any last piece of advice that you want to give people for how to get along with an Anagram 6? I think just not being overbearing to them between like the constant reassurance and then the self-doubt. I feel like our minds are always going. I think you just being a safe space for that person and not making them feel like they're annoying or like manic or whatever. Just making sure that they feel comfortable around you because that they're probably going to reach out to you for some type of like venting or whether it's like venting their feelings or venting like an idea that they have or a decision that they're trying to make. I think that just making sure that you just listen and pay attention and reassure them that you're like, okay, it'll be fine. So yeah, hold space and maybe help them get back to being present, right? Because the mind's always, you know, we're operating in the future. (laughs) Right. You're not here. You're 10 minutes from now, 10 years from now. 
Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I hope that this helps all the Enneagram Sixes out there and all the people who are in relationships with Enneagram Sixes. So thank you one more time. And uh, I really enjoyed you being on the show. Thanks for having me. That wraps up how to get along with an Enneagram Six. I hope it was helpful and gave you some insight into the mind of someone who you love. Be sure to send this to your favorite Enneagram Six or someone who you know is in a close relationship with a Six. And if you loved today's episode, please follow, subscribe, or leave a review. These things really do help the show grow so much and allows me to continue to get awesome guests and episodes out for you. And of course, if I could leave you with just one thing, it's this. Expect good things always, and they will happen. Thank you.